Hey everybody, I hope you all are doing amazing. A warm welcome back to At Your Service, brought to you by the Just Service Council. I'm your host, Nitya Singhania, the leader of the Social Entrepreneurship Network at the Service Council, and I am beyond excited to be here today. So it's that time of the year again. No, I'm not talking about Halloween. Um, neither am I talking about Christmas. I am talking about the world's social enterprise day, um, which will be held on November 11th this year. So what exactly is social entrepreneurship? Why is it so important and why do we celebrate it like it's some sort of festival? Well, stay tuned to get the answers to all of your questions. But before that, I would like to introduce you to a very special guest joining us straight from Zoom um, from the Columbia Business School in New York City, Professor Greg Van Kirk. Hi, Professor. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. So um, I would just like to give everyone a little background of Professor Greg. In the past 20 years, he has taught social entrepreneurial courses in some of the top universities of the world, including Columbia University, Miami University, and even NYU. He also founded and led dozens of organizations in countries all around the world. And as a representative of the GIST community, I would just like to say that we're truly honored to have you share your knowledge and experience with us. Uh, well, thank you. You're, you're too kind. I look forward to it. And it's, um, it's, uh, it's a real pleasure to be able to spend some time with you. Thank you. Um, so to begin with, I would really like to know how you actually got into social entrepreneurship and what interested you the most. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think like most things, uh, it's not like you, um, well, like, you know, many things in life and in, in your journey, it's, it's not like you make sort of this decision and then that decision and then that decision. Um, things happen a little bit more organically. Um, in my case in particular, um, I had, um, after, after, after university, I, lived in Japan, and then I worked in investment banking in New York and San Francisco here in the United States. Um, and then I, I knew I wanted to do something that um, I could really, it felt like it had some real purpose to it. I wasn't disillusioned with capitalism or anything like that. I just thought, hey, what, you know, what's, what can I do that I think I can really, really ideally fall in love with? And so um, I learned about microfinance, about Mohammed Yunus and the Grameen Bank, um, from reading a book uh, called The Price of a Dream. Uh, and I thought, huh, well, maybe I can do something like this and apply some business acumen, some experience I had to trying to do something to make a little bit of a difference in the world. And so I ended up quitting my investment banking job. Um, and a lot of people thought that was a wonderful idea. A lot of people thought I was a, a total idiot. Uh, and, um, and I went into the U.S. Peace Corps, which is the volunteering service of... of here in the U.S. and so I ended up in in rural Guatemala, um, and so I was up in the western highlands of Guatemala, right. um, living in this very small community. And to make a, a long story shorter, making I'm, maybe I'm making a short story long here. Um, I, I worked in microfinance. I worked as part of the Peace Corps to help set up a local rural internet center with with the local chamber of commerce. And then I saw this opportunity to open up. Um, Basically, there was a need for some type of tourism infrastructure, and there's always a need to create jobs. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know, why not open a restaurant, right? Because that could create jobs, and then tourists could go there, and they could meet local people, and everybody could work together. And, and I know nothing about opening a restaurant, so it sounds like a great idea, right? <laughs> um, and 
but that's what I did. And, and I, and I say that, you know, and fortunately it was, it was pretty successful from the beginning. And then we expanded from there and then used money to start a cook stove business for women entrepreneurs and to start an education center and all of that. And so, I mean, what I would say is that, you know, I never thought like when I was your age, I never thought I would be an entrepreneur. Um, that was never, I don't know. It just didn't cross my mind, I guess. Um, but then, you know, once you start something, you know, start something, especially something that's brand new, like a restaurant, which you don't know anything about, and it actually works, then you're like, huh, you know, maybe I can do this. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, then now really focusing on obviously, you know, enterprises and, and work that has a social impact, um, which people typically view as problems, right? Mm -hmm. If you then start to do some things that solve those problems, you stop seeing them as problems, sort of a mindset shift, and you start seeing them as opportunities. Um, and then bit by bit, you surround yourself with a group of amazing people. Um, and then and then it all just sort of moves forward organically. So, you know, just to conclude, you know, my, my journey really started um, in, in rural Guatemala, when I really started to feel a connection and saw some opportunities. But, you know, I never you know, even at the time, the word social entrepreneurship was not nearly as prevalent as it is today. And I remember the first time somebody called me from like a university and wanted to do an interview or something and, and said, when did you decide to become a social entrepreneur? Right. And I remember I was like, what exactly is that? <laughs> you know? So, so it's not the labels that are as important as it's just sort of what you're doing. Right. I think that's really interesting. I, I love how um, you started from not even knowing what you want to do and look at where you are today. Um, I guess, you know, when you talk about social entrepreneurship, a lot of people that are unfamiliar with it just think that it's basically creating businesses and ventures for a social cause. But there's actually a lot more that goes into it. So, yeah, I think that's a beautiful story. Thanks. No, if I could just one quick thing to add, and I, I do think that that is a, um, for a whole host of reasons we will get into, to my mind, that's a popular misconception mm -hmm. that it's about starting businesses for doing social good. Right. I think you know, the way that I would just quickly categorize it is, um, you know, it, first of all, it could be a business, it could be a government institution, it could be you all at your school and your club or whatever. The entity itself doesn't matter. Um, it's, it's simply about taking an entrepreneurial approach, meaning risk, creativity, grit, resistance, all those things we know that create um, collaborative, you know, collaborative teamwork, all those things that, that create successful entrepreneurs. And instead of saying the indicator of success is profitability, we're saying the indicator of success is social impact. And so... Yeah. You know, is it might it be a business? Great. Yeah, that's a social enterprise. Might it be a nonprofit organization that donates things? Sure. It's how you go about doing the work that matters, not right. the business component, which I think is sometimes a misnomer. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, I would also want to know. Um, so you've been working in this field for a very long time and you've been involved in multiple different projects throughout the years. Um, do you have any ongoing social entrepreneurship projects that you could share with us? Yeah, I mean, I've certainly, um, you know, I've been doing this effort for, you know, 20 years and um, certainly things shift over time, right? When you first start, I think like with any work, um, when you first start in your career, it's very much hands-on and doing. 
um, which is certainly where I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and then as you move forward and you, you know, your organization grows and you get a little bit more experience and expertise, obviously you become more in a sort of a lead- leadership position with other people. And then you get to a place where um, it's more about supporting others in other right. organizations yeah. and, and teaching and, you know, and, and, and consulting and, and all of that. Um, and so I'm sort of at that sort of still leading work, but I'm, but you know, what really brings me joy right now, um, and why, you know, you know, grateful for you inviting me here to, to see if I can add just a little bit of help at least, um, is because, um, you know, I see my just overall project, um, right now as how do I take whatever it is that I've learned um, and help to, um, you know, which I've mostly learned from falling on my face over and over again, right. um, yeah. and try to help others so that they don't have to fall on their face, um, like I did. So, uh, it's very much about teaching and helping others to become empowered, you know, specifically and still continue to support the work, uh, in, um, in Guatemala in particular, um, the education center that we had started about 20 years ago, which is, you know, run by a local Guatemalan team called the Centro Explorer. TiVo actually have a call with a lot of people about that later on today, some strategy. Um, and then, you know, a fair bit of teaching. And then I do is I, you know, I do a fair bit of consulting. So I did some, I do consulting work right now for Levi Strauss foundation. Um, just finished some work for visa foundation. So other organizations that are looking to, um, you know, really, you know, be as sort of be as thoughtful and, and, and creative and innovative as possible. And, and trying to solve problems around the world. Right. Yeah, I think um, I've heard a lot about your projects working with you for a while now, and I think it actually takes a lot to start a beneficial venture and moreover have it be sustainable in society and you know create a long-term change. So through your help, I think definitely um, every small venture working towards helping the community is bringing a big change to the world. So, yeah. That's, that's nice of you. Yeah, I hope so. Knock on wood, right? Yeah. In regards to bringing a change in the coming future, what do you think is the future of social entrepreneurship? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, I, I have to say, I think that although we, we, we obviously have some some really big challenges in the world, you know, from, you know, climate change to systemic race, you know, you name it, right. We can, we can all go through the list of challenges that we have. Um, I, I'm, I'm very hopeful, um, specifically because of, uh, like your generation, right. Um, you all, and, you know, folks who, you know, I do a lot of work at universities, right. Who are, who are in school or recently graduated, um, because I think that you all have um, this real, this it's sort of, it's, it's in your DNA yeah. to try to create some type of positive change, um, much more than previous generations, I think. And so, um, so I think social entrepreneurship, right, you know, focusing on social impact um, is something that's just going to um, and prioritizing that and research shows that, you know, if, if you want to, if companies want to hire people and have them stay that, you know, they have to be really clear about having some type of purpose besides just making money or people yeah. aren't going to want to stay. Yeah. Right. That's great. So I think this social entrepreneurship now being this sort of a, you know, sort of a separate thing. Oftentimes, I think it, it just becomes the approach of social impact of, you know, as an organization 
it's just going to become more and more embedded in the way that we do things. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very hopeful for that. And I think that, you know, in, in a, I think that, yeah, you've got, like, you all have the desire. It's just, it's just about knowing the how to do it. Right. right? Yeah. Um, and, um, and then I think, you know, with that, I think just naturally things are gonna, um, you know, just the, the indicators of success in, in society of your generation are changing. And I think that's a wonderful thing. No, definitely. I agree with you completely. I think that there's a huge future in social entrepreneurship. And um, I personally think it's great to get involved in your early years because, you know, every small venture, every small business working towards benefiting society is extremely crucial to making a change in the world. So like, I just never think of anything that I do as too small because I know that it's bringing a change in the world in some way or the other. So here in GIST itself, we try to teach students the importance of social entrepreneurship. So we have three extremely hardworking social entrepreneurship clubs that conduct weekly meetings with members, host events and webinars, start projects, and um, even collaborate with small business um, all around Indonesia to support them. So. Um, this is just one small community working towards the same dream and vision shared by many others. So we can only start to imagine where we will be at in a couple of years if, you know, so many other people work towards the same thing, um, start small, dream big. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that, you know, if I would give some unsolicited advice is, you know, with the community projects that you're working on, right, it's fantastic. Um, you know, I think... Yes, it's really, really important that, you know, obviously with authenticity and integrity and thoughtfulness, you're trying to create impact, right? Yeah. But more so where you all are, like your age, if I could say, you know, talking like the old guy, is the biggest thing that you can do as well is, is you know, what are you taking away from that, right? right? Yeah. And, and that's the impact. And it's going to be the next thing you do and the next thing you do and the next thing you do where you will have learned along the way. So, um yeah, the, the imp, don't, don't lose sight of the fact that, you know, this is, a, it's, it's, it's a part of your educational journey, right. you know, and, and like, I look back on even what I described as like the restaurant and all of that and how I did things. Boy, there's so many things I would do differently today <laughs> now that I've been through this, you know, yeah. um, but uh, you just gotta be, you know, you can't be hard on yourself. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, like you said, you have to fall multiple times to actually succeed. And um, you did that for us and how you're educating so many teenagers today is just amazing. Um, we would really appreciate some advice on how, you know, we as students can support one another to broaden our yeah. knowledge on social entrepreneurship, even in our small community over here in, in GIS. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um a few things. I mean, certainly, you know, you know, what I'm, you know, sort of keep, you know, say over and over again is, is that it's all really the foundation is empathy, right? right. And that, you know, empathy is a verb, I would say, it isn't actually a verb, but I call yeah. it a verb, right? <laughs> um, meaning, if you want empathy, you have to practice things that will inspire your empathy. Um, and what we know is that if you know, human contact and engagement and actively asking questions, actively listening and learning and trying to move your biases, um, you know, is critical to sort of like for that verb to, to, to build up that empathy muscle. So first and foremost, what I would say is, you know, uh, COVID restrictions, <laughs> you know, uh, obviously contemplated, um, 
you know, get get out, get out of the school, get out of your house, get out of your classroom, get out of get out and talk to people and learn from people. Like if I want to do a project that's supporting people who don't have homes, right? Go talk to them. You know, don't make any assumptions. Learn right. about who they are, what their aspirations and dreams are. So I would say collectively, you all can say, hey, let's get out and go to this organization and learn about this. Let's go out and walk around this community and learn about it. So. Um, so I think that's something you can certainly do. Um, and then what I would say is, um, you know, so, so, you know, practice getting out there and engaging with people as much as humanly possible. And then I would say, you know, learn, learn from success, right. you know, yeah. um, I, we have this thing, I think just human nature that's like, I want to create my own thing. And I want to, you know, and, and if you think about solving a problem, which is, this is all about the problem solving business, right? You know, co-creating with people to help solve problems there. If there's a problem, there are, I guess, probably like three ways that I can solve that problem or that I can address that problem. One is I can just ignore it. Yeah. Well, sometimes that's the solution very rarely, but sometimes it's just like, leave it alone. It'll take care of itself. The other one, the other thing is I can try to come up with a totally new way to solve the problem. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a lot of effort, right? And you don't have all the years of experience and all of that. So I don't know if that makes a ton of sense. Or I can learn about somebody else who solved this problem, or a lot of different organizations that have, and then I can modify, change, alter those solutions the way they did it for my own particular environment. So I can sort of right. build off all the learnings of others. So yeah. what I would say is, get out there. There's some great. Um, if you look at an organization called Solutions Journalism Network. Um, for example, there are great stories about success, right? So find stories about success and build from those. Also, you learn all these new creative approaches, you know, or if you go to Stanford Social Innovation Review, right? just any kind of publications, but be really curious about consuming solutions rather than just thinking about problems. Right. Um, and I think that will serve you well. Thank you so much for your valuable advice. No, I think that's um, definitely a different approach to what a lot of people usually go with. Everyone just tries to, you know, do their own thing. But I think that's a very interesting approach. And yeah, no, I, I could say that I'm guilty for the same thing. But I will definitely try your um, advice. So uh, thank you so much for everything, Professor. To wrap things up, I have a really, really important question for you. Um, yes. I know that you have dogs with you. <laughs> I just wanted to know what their names are. Well, we finally get to the big question, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm yeah. waiting for this. So we have uh, Lucy, um, who's my, they're both rescue dogs. Lucy, who's a seven-year-old, and then our new dog, uh, Blue. Um, who's, uh, who's just about one. We just got him about a year. So we were just like a lot of people. We got a dog during COVID. So very cliche. Uh, so Lucy and Blue. Yep. I've never heard Blue as a dog name, but I love that. So um, yeah. thank you so much for your time and your advice and just sharing your experience with us, Professor. Um, it's truly an honor. Um, on behalf of the GIST community, I would just like to thank you so much for um, being over here. And yeah. Thank you for everything. All right. Well, thank you so much and great work to all of you. And um, yeah, good luck with everything. And don't hesitate to reach out if I can be of help in the future. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care.